Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, host, host. multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hi, I'm Wesleyan, the host of the Snack Side Sales Podcast. And today we have Ashley Owen with us, and she'll be talking about networking and the tactical tips and practical takeaways. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hey, Wesleyan, how are you? So, Ashley Owens is the first and only networking concierge that puts you in the right situation or gets you out of the wrong one. As a networking concierge, she trains, coaches, and speaks on becoming an authority at generating revenue by networking with intention. As a networking concierge, Ashley is a host of two digital TV talk shows on RVN TV and This Is It TV. Speaking and interviewing on the topic of tactical networking, she has taken over 700 introduction phone calls with business professionals looking to grow their network and has given close to a thousand introductions. She has spoken to over 80 networking groups, organization, companies, and conferences, and has 185 referral partners. I mean, I've never met a networking superstar like you. Oh my goodness. So tell us, Ashley, how did you get into this? How did you become the networking concierge? Sure. So it actually came from having the opportunity of having a lot of jobs <laughs> after graduating college. I had 18 jobs after I graduated and I never got fired. It was mergers and acquisitions and budget cuts. So it became where it was this really long line of just out of things that were out of my control. I couldn't necessarily put a, enough into it. There were, you know, the, if you hear a small child crying, that is my cat who's looking for second breakfast. <laughs> I apologize if you're a small child crying. I'm going to close the door. (laughs) No worries. Uh, So anyway, back to the professionalism. So the biggest thing that I had or the biggest challenge that I had is where I couldn't find my value. But the cool thing about having those positions was I was able to talk intelligently to different industries and I couldn't necessarily figure out where that was valuable. And when I was able to pinpoint that, oh, I know how to connect people and wanted nothing from it, it became a skill set that I gained even before I had the main positions like working at eBay or SCI. I was a personal assistant to two celebrities. And I think at some point there was a sacrificial (laughs) get to know everybody just in case you need them kind of environment. And so I didn't realize I had gained those skill sets until later on when I found that that was a very needed skill in a sales role, which I had obtained. From there, I realized I was awful at closing. And I decided that after 18 positions and working for somebody else and that I tried every everything but, you know, really betting on myself and opening the door for this conversation. I asked a bunch of people, what sucks for you about networking? And then was able to build service offerings around the need rather than what I, you know, originally thought that I needed. But building services around what was actually needed than what I thought people needed. Ah, so 
I really got a, a couple of a key things from what you said. Through your corporate positions, you actually learned how to network, right? right? You learned how to ask questions and figure out, okay, I need to talk to this person. And being a personal assistant to a celebrity, I'm assuming that you got a lot of your, the skills that you're using today in what you're doing. Correct. And I love that. As entrepreneurs, sometimes we're like, you know what? I'm tired of the corporate life. I'm just going to start my own thing. Mm -hmm. I love it. So as a networking concierge, why don't you tell us what is your first tip to network effectively? Most, I'm trying to think, because there's so many really good ones, but it depends on what level of comfortability you are, right? Because you've got people who are introverted who find that networking is extremely difficult. And then you have extroverts who over talk to everybody and don't really do the follow-up. So it just depends on what level that you're on, or at least how comfortable you are with talking to somebody. But the main tip that I would give to someone is you're of service. When you're networking, you're in a service position. So there should be 10 gives before an ask. So as you're networking with somebody, there is an opportunity where you get a chance to collaborate and learn about their backgrounds, their professionalism, who and what they do and what makes them awesome. And your job is to understand how to connect the dots, especially as somebody who's in networking. That would be the number one thing is that you want to give, 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 remind yourself that you're of service and have no expectations on the back end of that. That's good. A lot of times people go to a networking event or you know a virtual networking event or in-person networking event, and they're expecting to close business. But that's not what you're doing when you're networking. The word networking, it means to build a network, right? Correct. So I love that. 10 gives before an ask. That's lovely. So what's the second tip you have? The second tip I have is like very much to what you just said. I mean, you're walking into a room and or you're on a Zoom call and you're in a room where you think everyone's the where you're selling, but there's nobody's buying. So why are you setting up yourself for failure there if you're going to walk into a room and pretend that you're selling something and there's no buyers in that room? If there are, they're there because they're doing other different activities, but it's more of the main thing or the main tip I want to give is nobody cares about what you do. Nobody cares. People buy from people that they know that they like and that they trust. And if that is the main focus of why you're in that environment or why you're in that virtual room, it's going to be a lot easier to have a conversation when you have one, no expectations, but you're looking to build a relationship. People got to know you first. They got to like you and they got to trust you. And on the other end of that, your network is very important. The people that you keep around you are very important. You're also interviewing them. So think about building that kind of community. Mm, so it's, it's a two-way street, right? It's not just, I met you at a networking event and I'm going to give you a, a bunch of clients or leads or a suitcase full of cash, as I've heard people say before. It's more like, this is a two-way street. Let's build the relationship. So first, I must know who you are, which is what we've done at the networking event. But do I like you and do I trust you? We don't know that yet. We have to develop that relationship. And what's the third tip you have for us? The third tip I have is instead of building an audience or a support system, you want to build an army. So that army is ideally the people that are going to fight for you. And again, I'm saying this in high level version, they're going to advocate for you when you're not in the room. So as you're building a group of people who are going to kind of march in the street, or they're going to, you know, help you in the zombie apocalypse, like who do you want as your commander? Who do you want as your soldiers? Who do you want as your lieutenant? And then build that army because in order to lead that army, you have to give back twofold before they even think about firing a weapon. 
happen. Or they even think about, you know, standing up and, and throwing fisticuffs. Or they even think about backing you up in a conversation. Again, these are just examples, like funny examples. But the goal is, is that if you build this army of people, they're going to fight for you when you're not in the room, your brand, your messaging, your perspective, your ideologies, everything. And that is how you've kind of built this community because you're leading them, but you're also fighting for them even more so than they are for you. And so that as part of my own brand is to identify ways of making sure that the people around me know that they're being taken care of in some kind of facet. So whether it's a resource, a tool, it's a person I need to introduce them to, they feel like when they come to me that, okay, Ash is going to help me with something and I can't wait to figure out ways to help her. That's good. So would you say in terms of networking, is more of a long game or a short game? Because if you're building an army, right, we don't expect you to build an army in tomorrow to start producing. So why don't you tell me when you network, how, what, what's the outcome? How long are you expecting to build those relationships or close sales from those referral partners? Right. So networking is a marathon and not a sprint, right? So that means you also have to be able to train for that kind of activity as well. So if you're putting yourself into, let's say a, this marathon where it's like 16 miles, that means you got to stretch, you got to work out, you got to eat right, which means you got to nurture the people that are in that marathon with you. So that nurturing comes from the follow-up, it comes from the advocacy, it comes from the championing them on LinkedIn and all social media platforms. And it's conversation in a way, or it's a conversation and a, and a collaboration and, and community that you build, right? So in order for it to actually work for you, you have to give because people innately want to help. They just need ways to do that. So in order to expedite that practice, you have to have an ask. When somebody comes to you and says, how can I help you? You want to have an ask. It has to be specific and it has to be what's going to help your bottom line. Now, the ask could also be like, hey, I know that you don't necessarily have a ton of people in your network. No big deal. Would you mind sharing this post that I have that has a call to action that has the ask in it? So everybody can help you in some way. You have to be able, as a professional, gauge what level of help that they are able to do. And that has to be enough for you in that way. I love it. I love it. So tell me, as a networking concierge, you pretty much hold people by the hand or teach them how to network. Do you have a success story where there was somebody who is was 100% averse to networking and you help them build their network, close more sales, really improve. So yeah, so I get a chance to, I wish I was an accountability partner, but that is not my subject matter expertise. Everyone's an adult, not holding your hand. We're all going to have a drink. Like let's- I love it. <laughs> so my job is I ideally coach them. I'm like, listen, we're going to get this done and I'm going to be your hype man, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to coach you into it. So um, one of the, the best stories that I have, and this actually was early on in my career when I realized, and again, this is also entrepreneurship as well. A success story came from a woman that I met. I was giving a presentation to a technology group, a local technology group, business conference center. And I was there talking about different technologies to maintain and your effective network. And she came up to me afterwards and she goes, I looked you up. I really enjoy your story. And I could see pain behind her eyes. And that's the same pain that I think we've all felt at some point when we really don't know our value. And I took her aside because it was a couple people that wanted to chat with me. And I took her aside. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, well, all the kids are out of the house and my husband's doing well, but I feel like I'm not getting a lot of support. I kind of want to go out on my own and be a CPA. I said, well, okay, tell me 
more about that. So we talked a little bit and I looked at her. She had 35 years of credentials. She had all of this experience. She literally had everything you could possibly want in a CPA and then more. And she didn't have the confidence. And now this woman could have been my mother, right? She could have been my aunt. She could have been my mother. She was an older woman. And I looked at her and I just said, I said, what's the worst that can effing happen? Like, what is the worst that can happen? And she goes, I don't know. I said, your kids are out of the house. Can you financially do it for six months? Can you try it out? I mean, and I said, have faith in you, you specifically, because so often, especially with people who are fearful of talking to somebody else or trying to build a network, they don't understand their own value. And so I chatted with her. 15 minutes wasn't too long. A year and a half later, she gives me a call. And I do not remember who she is until she reminds me of the conversation that we have, just because I talked to, you know, eight people a day. And we've had, and she came back to me and she goes, I don't know if you remember me. I took your advice after the first 15 minutes of us chatting. I started this business. It's doing great. You changed my life. And as a 31-year-old new entrepreneur who is just grasping at straws and just trying new things to really like make a difference in this world with me not even realizing I was doing it. I was advocating for somebody else. In a network, that's what you do. You advocate for somebody else's business. You support them in some way. You provide value just by being there and being a cheerleader for them. And people forget that that simple activity can significantly change. And I wouldn't have realized that until that happened. So that is a success story in itself. But that just shows that the skill sets that you gain by being a good networker is so much deeper than just giving referrals or doing follow-ups. So much deeper than that. So I really try to advocate for that kind of activity. That's amazing. I know that when I have networked, you know, you talk to people for five minutes or 10 minutes. And like you said, they come back to you in months or years and they're like, you know what? You said this when we met, they may never reach back out to you again, but it impacted them. And so a lot of times people think about networking. I'm doing this in order to get business or build my actual network, but you're just giving. It's all about giving. I love it. So tell me, do you have a gift for the audience? I do have a gift for the audience. The audience gets a gift of a coaching session with me. So I forget what I wrote down in my pamphlet there, but <laughs> the gift is a networking audit with me. Awesome. So what do they get in the networking audit? What will you do? Yeah, we sit down, we go through what your networking activities are, and then we turn the fat or we add to it. So whether it's like, hey, you know, I've got this big network, but I'm a little discombobulated in process. We go through who your you know A team, your B team is, what systems you're using, and really trying to maximize your efficiency, like the efficient, the tactical things to maintain, so that way that marathon doesn't feel like a marathon; it feels like a five mile five k. Awesome! So anyone who's listening, if you are at the beginning of your networking journey, or you've been networking for five or ten years, really having an expert, a networking concierge, diagnose, look at what you're doing to network, and give you tactical tips that is amazing. And I thank you so much. That is amazing. So tell us what is the best way for people to connect with you? Best way for people to connect with me is write my emails. I live in my inbox, ashley at ashleyassists 
with an S.com. I'm on every single social media platform under Ashley Assists, and you can give me a call at, I'm sorry, I'm using a Google number, 484-681-2568. So feel free, shoot me a text. I'm available, just not at two in the morning. I'm usually sleeping with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your snack size sales tips. We definitely appreciate you chatting with our audience today. And that is another episode of Snack Size Sales Podcast with Wesleyan. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.